Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Monday, January 22nd, uh, brand new week beginning, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and our Monday guest is back once again, Brett Skalski, to join us, helping us break down the card. You can follow him, by the way, on Twitter, X, uh, Bet with Brett. Nice to know you can follow someone on that damn thing, uh, but nevertheless, uh, and by the way, uh, just to reassure uh, everyone that I'm still alive, uh, obviously you see me and hear me here. Uh, sometimes you don't believe that now when someone's ghosted off Twitter uh, like I have for the last week. But I am still there, and I am still active. I haven't been as volume-heavy with the tweets lately uh, because we're still trying to get the original account going. But for now, at the very least, I will just be continuing to tweet out of the Ice Guys account, so at the underscore Ice Guys. If you need to get in touch with me on there, uh, that is where to do it, at the underscore Ice Guys uh, and uh, like I said, that's where I'll be for the time being. If we get to this weekend and I have not heard back about the status of my original Twitter account, uh, then we might explore creating a brand new one at that point. But we're going to give it another week or so, uh, and we will see if we can get that one back uh, up and running. Yeah, get that hashtag going. Free Bobano or free no. – no, not free Ian, because there's too many Ians. Free Bobano. There's not too many Bobanos on uh, social media. So that's the one to use. Uh, hopefully it gets some uh, traction. But hopefully everyone had a great weekend. It was an exciting weekend of sports. No question about that. Uh, Brett, uh, talk a little bit about the weekend for you. Not so much hockey, but just uh, how's your team going? You're coaching the, uh, the teenage girls the, the team that you – and apparently you told me – before the show, they're ranked eighth in the country. So congratulations. Uh, you've got that Scott, uh, Scotty Bowman quality coaching apparently going on right there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know about that, but uh, they listen uh, They listen good. So, yeah, it was a good weekend for us. We traveled. Uh, I'm in Philly, so coaching the junior flyer team, we traveled over to the rival baby pen side of the, side of the state. Took two of three from them, so – Good weekend for us. Didn't catch a lot of games, obviously, being on the road and having that four-hour drive back and forth, but glad to be home now. Uh, it's like it's always – that's the way the, the you know, NHL teams, I'm sure players uh, and coaches appro approach it too. Once you're off a long road trip, you're back home, you feel good. You feel a lot feel better good. when you're in your own bed and you're in your own surroundings. Uh, that's uh, for sure. Uh, Alex, uh, how was the weekend for you? I know you were a little under the weather yesterday, but good yeah. to be back. Yeah, yeah, hadn't been feeling the best the last few days actually, but uh, yeah, and the, and the betting kind of almost reflected it too. It wasn't the wasn't the, the most profitable weekend, especially coming off of a of a huge bet earlier in the week. But you know, a new week now, and we're also kind of seeing this weird transition. We've talked about this, and I guess there's really there really is about three gaps of this every season now when we talk about a regular uh, NHL setup, season setup. You have that transition of the last week and a half going into Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving. You have that transition the last week and a half going into Christmas and, and the, that holiday break. And then you have that, you know, gap where we had now we've got a week and a half before we get into the all-star break. And that's when you start seeing some things kind of change, you know, one way or another. We've seen the coaching change, obviously, with the Islanders. We're going to start seeing some more personnel change. We might see a trade or two happen between now and, and, and the break potentially. And certainly once we get out of the break, that's when everybody will be rested. We'll start seeing the true second half pattern. So, 
there's some things that we're going to kind of maybe see out of nature. We might see some teams that have been giving up goals left and right, play a little bit uh, more lockdown defensively. Some teams that have been kind of shelled up and haven't been scoring might all of a sudden break out and, and get some goals going. And you might see some of those teams that don't have too many guys going to the all-star game just kind of mailing it in and looking at their uh, vacation uh, plans and different things they've got going on in those, on that four-day break. So uh, something to kind of keep in mind that we'll be lingering in the back of those players' heads as we get closer to that all-star break coming up uh, at the beginning of February. Yeah, no question. Uh, Sunday recap, uh, only a, a lighter card. Well, it was six games, actually. It was a little bit more than usual for a, a Sunday. But uh, we started with um, Philadelphia, Brett's uh, neck of the woods there with a uh, second straight loss over the weekend for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, they drop a uh, 5-3 decision to the Ottawa Senators. Um, Ottawa with the comeback, too. Uh, trailing in that game, they ended up coming all the way. They were down 3-1, score four unanswered goals to get the uh, 5-3 win. Uh, in that game so credit to the Sens that's now you know two wins out of their last three games and the Winnipeg game against a great Jets team they took them to OT so little signs of baby steps right it's not something to just jump up and down and get too excited about we're still talking about a last place hockey team that likely is not making the playoffs regardless of what kind of run they might put together but it's at least steps in the right direction of some progress and signs that maybe just maybe there's going to be some value in the short term maybe to bet on the Ottawa Senators because they've just been so bad for so long. And if they just slowly start to show some sign of improvement, you know, there's definitely going to be some ability to maybe back them. Minnesota with the 5-2 win against Carolina. It's funny, Kaprizov comes back and suddenly the goals are starting to go in uh, for this team. They're finally healthy up front. Their only significant injury is still, of course, Spurgeon on the back end. So, uh, And you're seeing it. The, the offense is starting to come back to life here. For the Minnesota Wild, these last two games, they score 11 goals in their last two games combined, both victories against very good teams on the road, Florida and Carolina. So credit to the Minnesota Wild for that. Uh, Gustafson with, I would say, one of his better performances in quite some time, a guy that struggled of late, played better last night and got the uh, five to uh, help the uh, Wild get the five two win. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings complete the Detroit over Tampa Bay all sports sweep last yesterday. Of course, we know the Detroit Lions beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC Divisional Playoff in the NFL. And on the ice, it was the Detroit Red Wings dispatching the Tampa Bay Lightning 2-1. to one. A great game from Alex Lyon. Outstanding, helping the uh, Red Wings preserve the lead uh, once again. And they got uh, timely offense, uh, two goals. They were able to make it stand up. And a nice 2-1 win. I was on the Red Wings. And I did have more on the first period over than I had the full game over. And I'm sure glad I did that as obviously the first period over cashes, but the full game uh, ends up uh, staying under. Uh, the Islanders with a 3-2 win against the Dallas Stars in Patrick Waugh's debut behind the bench as head coach of the New York Islanders. It was written in the Stars. You know, it was just meant to be for them to win that first game with Patrick Waugh, even though things looked a little rocky and it just ended up playing out perfectly for me with just the, the bets I decided to make on the Islanders last night. I took the minus a half plus 200 uh, first period puck line. And man, that that was a nice uh, nice bankroll booster right there as they had the one nothing lead after the first 20 minutes. Uh, and then, of course, they fall behind 2-1. to one. Dallas gets a couple of goals, and then the Islanders tie it in the, in the third, and they get the overtime winner courtesy of uh, Bo Horvat, and the Islanders get the uh, 3-2 win in overtime. But we also had a piece of the draw as well. The only thing that didn't hit was the, the over for me in that game. But 
other than that, it was everything else. Uh, the Islanders puck line in the first period, Islanders money line full game, and of course, uh, the draw, another Tylander draw. Hey, some things never change. New coach, still an overtime machine. The New York Islanders as yet another Islander game goes uh, past regulation in that uh, victory over Dallas. What I noticed, you know, obviously I made a point to watch this game very closely. I wanted to see how the Islanders played uh, with, uh, with Patrick Waugh. They still have room to improve. I mean, let's be real. Dallas did have 42 shots. I thought in the in the first period, the Islanders, that was their best period. They played with great energy. I thought Dallas played better and better as the game went on. A pretty good game for Dallas considering, you know, it was a back-to-back for them on the road. So uh, the Islanders still have room for improvement under Patrick Waugh, but I'm sure it will come in the fact that, you know, they didn't play a great game by any stretch of the imagination, but they were opportunistic and they found a way to win is probably a positive still. Uh, for this Islanders team uh, moving forward. The New York Rangers, man, they were staring down the barrel of a brutal, uh, unacceptable loss to the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, and for them, they have been struggling mightily lately, and it looked like, my goodness, here they are down 2 nothing to the Anaheim Ducks. But they rescued it. They got back, on, and they came out storming in the third period. Uh, you could tell. It's like, we cannot keep – this skid cannot continue. We can't lose to this Anaheim Ducks team that just lost Saturday against San Jose. They turned it up a notch or two in the third period, and it was enough for the New York Rangers to come back, erase a 2-1 deficit, four goals unanswered, and they beat the Anaheim Ducks 5-2 last night. A much-needed, calm-the-waters type of win for the New York Rangers, who obviously haven't been playing their best hockey. Uh, as of a late, so much needed for them. And then the last game of the night, Toronto and Seattle, three to one Leafs. Um, it was a very solid road effort. They didn't give up much, less than 20 shots on goal by the Seattle Kraken. Again, it was a, one of the better defensive efforts from the Leafs uh, of late. And more importantly, it was one of the best efforts of late for Ilya Samsonov and net. Uh, he was very good. He didn't face a ton of shots, but man, he faced a lot of danger, a lot of high quality chances the ones that he did face, and he had to make a couple of phenomenal saves for the Toronto Maple Leafs in that game. And it's really good to see. We know everyone, especially since the pandemic, you know, people have really gone through mental health struggles and just, you know, there's just so much stress in their lives and worry. And when you, when you, when things aren't going your way personally or professionally, you get down and you get, you know, that's, I think what happened with Ilya Samsonov and to see, him get that win, and he had a great post-game interview after the game on the Leaf broadcast. And then to see Brad Tree living during that interview in the background, you just saw him walking by, but before he walked by, he moved towards Samsonov, who was getting interviewed, and he gave him like a little pat on either the backside or the back, something or something. He gave him like a way to go, buddy, type of pat on the back type of deal. That was great. And I'm sure he he, he definitely – uh appreciates it that's your general manager there you know when this goalie has gone through some serious tough times lately giving him a little pat on the back saying job well done so uh very very uh good to see that for samsonov because we know he's been through the hetland back really the last couple of months uh to see him find his game last night and lead the leafs to a big road win a big road win because look there's a big difference between two and two and one and three uh, on that four-game road trip. If they lose last night, they go one and three on that road trip through Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, and Seattle. But they won last night, two and two instead. That's a big difference for sure. Uh, Alex, your thoughts on Sunday? 
Yeah, well, I would start with the that uh, Dallas and, and Islanders game. You know, I wasn't on the show yesterday. We obviously I didn't get to kind of chime in and talk about the Patrick Watt signing. Yes, thoughts on Watt too. Exactly. <laughs> I laughed out loud, like for uh, a good solid ninety seconds, because I'm you know one. We always talk about the this whole recycling of coaches in the NHL, and you know. Talk about the bargain bin all the time on this program. Well, clearly the, the Isles were kind of digging in the bargain bin and go, oh, here we go. We found Patrick Waugh. Now, once I kind of took a step back and really looked at this for what it is, all right, as far as an interim signing, this isn't the worst thing in the world. One, we're all talking about the Islanders now, and we're not talking about how bad they are. So from a PR move, you, you've already spun that. Now you got a fiery coach in Waugh who, if nothing else, the guys are going to listen to him. How long they listen to him, how long that his voice carries in that locker room, we will see. But he's got everybody's attention right now. And we always talk about how the coach bump, the new coach bump, it's been strong this year. It's been strong historically. We already saw that win, and that's a good, gritty, Islanders kind of game last night. And that's the thing. They get back to being themselves. Not that Waz going to just turn this team around and all of a sudden they look like the 95 Devils or the 01 Avalanche that he played on. It's just a matter of getting them back into the groove that they're supposed to be in. And so, so far, 60 minutes, 60-plus minutes in, in the, to his tenure, we're seeing that. But we got to wonder and see, okay, he's, he's preaching defense first, apparently. Is he going to really hold to that? And even when he did try to be a defensive coach in uh, Colorado, it didn't really work out too well. It's kind of ironic that the goaltender he had in Colorado is the goaltender who's on injured reserve, and, uh, Semyon Rolamov. You wonder if he's going to kind of run Sorokin into the ground because, obviously – Guys who are at that high level, when they look at certain players who play in that same position, you kind of wonder how their relationship is going to be. And Sorokin's the cornerstone of the Isles. When the Isles are playing well, it's because Sorokin's playing well. When he's struggling, they struggle. So he's got to be really careful and delicate with that guy. And at the same time, it's probably a good thing to have a Patrick Waugh around in the room with a guy like Sorokin. He could certainly learn a couple things from a guy who's won 551 games in his career. So all that being said, it was an interesting game. The Isles looked like themselves last night where they hadn't been looking like that the last few games. But I still worry about our precious draw season, draw island, and uh, with the Thailanders. That may come to a screeching halt at some point because we know the tendency of Patrick Waugh. When he gets down a goal or two, he's not afraid to pull that goaltender regardless of the time that's on the clock. And so – we might actually be seeing some games that end in regulation and we might see some puck line plays. That was the thing that I was able to cash in with uh, the years that wall was with Colorado, a lot of puck lines. Now that was the, the day when teams could actually get a goal in an empty net. Uh, that was a little bit more profitable. So we have to be cautious still, even in looking at laying one and a half in a given game. So it's a wait and see process for, for me with, with the Islanders draw draw Island is, is still running right now, but it's not at full operation just yet. We got to wait and see once Wah has some full practice time, get a couple things in with this team, and we see what, what he's preaching. If they can practice it, then we can kind of move forward with that team. Uh, looking at that Toronto game with uh, Seattle, like I said, it's good to see Ilya Samsonov, you know, get back on, on the, you know, the right ways and get a win. And like I said, you know, we, we're critical of these guys and how they play on the ice, but we all wish them well off the ice with their personal health, uh, certainly their mental health. So if he's, you know, battling past those struggles and, and, and is in a better place mentally, that's a wonderful thing for it to hear, regardless of what team you root for. Uh, so that's a, a close game. And like I said, a, a win they needed too, because you don't want to you know, go on any road trip and be down three out of four against some quality teams too. Seattle played their asses off as well. Uh, you know, no knocking them losing another game in regulation. 
this was a, a pretty tough stretch that they had after winning a bunch of games. And then the Minnesota Wild, uh, get Kirill Kaprizov back, who finally has woken up. You know, maybe he's fully healthy and ready to play again. He got the hat trick, and that's the kind of offense they, they've been dearly missing from number 97 here in St. Paul. So if he can get things rocking and rolling, that could kind of, uh, you know, maybe get this team back into a rhythm where we can find something good to bet on them because we're thinking, oh, here we are. Let's go bet some unders with the Wild. Can't do that because now they're starting to score again, and the goaltending is still shaky. Uh, so maybe we can start finding their team totals. Maybe they can get back into a first period over kind of a group if they can find some offense. But that's all going to start with Kirill Caprizo. Yeah, exactly. And minute that's been a nice weekend for Minnesota, really out of nowhere. Because I, I'll be honest, I, I didn't see them going two and zero in Florida and Carolina this weekend. Uh, that was that was solid. That was good. That was very impressive from uh, Minnesota. Now they've got a lot of work to do if they even want to entertain getting back into the wild card mix, but definitely that was uh, good to see from them. Uh, no question. A great weekend for the uh, Minnesota wild. And obviously with a win, every win for the Leafs lately seems to calm the waters about a potential coaching change uh, involving uh, Sheldon Keith. And I bring that up because I believe a certain Alex P Smith recently on this show said something about, cause we were the, the a week or so ago, things were really starting to heat up that things were starting to spiral for Toronto is a change inevitable. And he actually made the hint that of all coaches he could see replacing Keith, if it were to happen, he mentioned his old Chicago Blackhawks mm-hmm. head coach, uh, Joel Quenville, uh, Coach Q. Well, now <coughs> I see the other day on YouTube, Alex is not alone in that sentiment. Of all people, our good friend of the show, who was just on with us a couple of weeks ago, Jay Rosehill, was on the, his Leaf show the other, I think, yesterday or a couple days ago. And he said he would love to see Joel Quenville in Toronto, son of a gun. Uh, so obviously that sentiment is out there uh, that if, and I mean if, a coaching change were to happen in Toronto, that maybe Quenville's a fit uh, for this uh, Leafs team. So interesting. Uh, that's now a couple people thinking that. Yeah, I mean, that, and it makes total sense. His coaching style fits Toronto perfectly. He was able to deal with some Pretty heavy egos, not necessarily vocally or, or 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 you know in the in the you know grand scheme of things in sports, but some big egos in that locker room of the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, you got a lot of superstar power in that room that he had to juggle and manage, and he did that very very well. And you need somebody who can do that in Toronto. You have to be able to handle Mitch Marner, handle Austin Matthews, handle William Nylander in a certain way. He can do that. He's going to preach defense. No matter what, I don't care all the offensive talent the Hawks had, but if you weren't playing defense, your ass was on the bench or you were in Rockford, okay? So he's not going to take any of this half-ass shit on defense any given night against any team. He's going to instill some work ethic that's been missing from that Leafs locker room for a very, very long time. And then when you add into that, he will he has offensive creativity. Now, the, the thing that's predicated is he's got to leave Mike Kitchen in the kitchen. He can't bring him along. Otherwise, that's going to start screwing up things offensively. He's got to get somebody that's We've a seen Mike more Kitchen in Toronto already like two, three decades ago. I don't right. care, with Burns. Yeah. Burns had Mike Kitchen as an assistant. That's how long Mike Kitchen has been around. Yeah. And, and, and that's probably the same kind of offense they would, he would be trying to run, too. Like he, He's very one-dimensional. I, I think he's a bum as far as an assistant coach. I, I could go on, but that's another story. My point is, Quinville's a good fit for the Leafs. It's something that should definitely be explored. There we go. And, uh, yeah, that's now uh, – we'll see. But, again, uh, that is uh, just 
speculation. That's just who we think would be a good fit if they make a change. And there's no uh, inclination as of yet that they will uh, be making a, a change. All right, let's get to Monday's card. We'll begin with Winnipeg and Boston. We've got the Bruins minus 135 home favorites, five and a half the total in this game. You can argue this is the game of the night right here uh, in the NHL. No question. Uh, two obviously very good teams, two teams playing well right now. You know, for the Bruins, there was that little hiccup. You know, earlier in the month of January, especially with that road trip, didn't go well. They only went one and three. They lost to the good teams on that road trip, Colorado, Arizona, Vegas, all in all those games, though, went beyond regulation. So they went one and three on that road trip, but they could have went four and oh, you know, with just a little uh, one play here, one play there. Uh, so they had a rough road trip, but they come back home to TD Garden following that trip. And they're three and oh on this homestand, beating the Devils, the Avalanche, and then a beatdown of uh, epic proportions against Montreal, nine to four uh, on Saturday night over the uh, Canadians. So uh, we will see if uh, the uh, Bruins can continue to build on it. This has been a nice home stand for them. They're 15, three and three at home this year. But man, it's not going to be easy against this Winnipeg team. They are playing outstanding hockey themselves, nine and one their last 10. You want to go back to the last 22 games for Winnipeg? How's this for a record? 18, two and two for the Winnipeg Jets in their last 22 hockey games. 18 wins. They've only lost twice in regulation uh, in their last two, uh, 22 games. Two regulation losses in their last 22 games. That's it uh, for this uh, Winnipeg Jets team. I got to be honest, I'm leaning to the, uh, to the dog here, Winnipeg. Uh, and look, with Boston, I get it. You know, they've had a nice homestand. But let peel back the layers of this win streak. You got a Jets team that is lousy without Jack Hughes, and they beat them to start the homestand you got a Colorado team that's not a big time team this year on the road you know even with that win against Philly to bounce back from the Boston loss but inconsistent I guess is what you can say uh, about uh, Colorado on the road and then Montreal I mean can't compare them to a team like Winnipeg so this is gonna be much taller order for Winnipeg now the concern for Boston rather the concern for me with Winnipeg would be a they don't win in Boston okay Boston has really done a nice job here at TD Garden uh, over the years against the Jets. I think they've won three in a row. The last time Winnipeg won in Boston was 2019, uh, before the pandemic. But Winnipeg dominated Boston earlier this year uh, in Winnipeg, 5-1 to one win back in December. Another thing that would concern me a little bit for the Jets, they're already without Shifley. You can survive it because Kyle Connors come back, and you've still been able to win without Shifley here these last few games. But now Gabe Velarde's a game-time decision, and that's another key cog offensively you might be without uh, here for this game tonight. It looks like it's going to be a game-time call on Velarde's status here for the uh, Winnipeg Jets tonight. But for me, this is dog and draw split. Uh, Jets and draw. I think both, uh, I think the Jets are live in this prime. I'm always interested in a team that's, look, won 18 of their last 22 hockey games, and you're getting them plus 115 here, playing as well as they are. Hellebuck's in net, which is a good thing. We like to see that. Swayman for Boston, uh, for the uh, Bruins, who lately has been much better you know, he had a little bump in the road earlier this year, but Swayman has been better lately. Should be a great game. Like I said, this is more of a, I like taking a plus 115 price like this with a Winnipeg team playing this well. And yes, Boston's at a nice homestand, but again, Jersey without Hughes, not a, not a team that's playing well right now. Uh, Colorado inconsistencies on the road, and then Montreal, who again, not in Winnipeg stratosphere right now. So Jets and draw split for me. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Winnipeg, Boston. Mm. 
not so fast, my friend. I'm on. Oh, you like the bees? Line. Okay. I like the bees here. They are in a in good form right now, and they're playing some inspired hockey. This is the kind of game where if this was last month or like maybe the second week of, of October, I'd be all over Winnipeg. Uh, but right now they're in a good groove. Like you said, they're having a great home stand. Just got through kicking the shit out of Montreal. Uh, he said, you know, down a four game win streak. They're looking at things like, hey, let's get this train rolling. And then we're about to hit the all star break, get some rest. And now we can come out hot in the second half. And I, I think they're going to be able to take advantage of a, a Jets team that they've dominated 18 and two the last 20 meetings at TD Garden. That, that goes all the way back to when the, the Jets were still Atlanta. Uh, so whatever for whatever reason, like I said, there's some of these spots that stick out glaringly. And you look at we're talking about all kinds of different coaches, all kinds of different players, literally a different name and uniform. They still can't figure out how to win a TD Garden. So give me Boston. Uh, I laid a dollar thirty, but I like it all up to a dollar forty here. Bees get the win. Right, I like it. We don't disagree enough, Alex and I. It's only it's rare. It's, it's like shocking. It's that's, this is only like that's the fourth time it's happened this year. I think. Yeah, it means, <laughs> but we have similar philosophies in a lot of things. I just wish it would happen more often that we're on different sides because it makes things more interesting. Spices the show up a little bit. Uh, I'll get to props in a moment, Brett. Uh, what do you think about this one, Winnipeg, Boston? Well, I'd love to be the tiebreaker between the two of you, but this is going to be a pass for me. I just see two two elite defensive teams and i think uh, while it should be a great game i don't expect it to be fireworks i think it's kind of going to be a low and slow kind of game two teams not really wanting to risk anything for injury or whatnot going into all-star break these cross-conference games like they're not fighting each other for playoff positioning or anything so <clears throat> i could see sprinkling on the draw but i'm probably not going to do anything with this game Nothing wrong with that. It's a, like I say, it's a good game. It's very little to decide between these two teams right now. Uh, I just think you're not going to get Winnipeg plus money very often uh, this year, and especially in the in the mode there. Now they do have a big back to back, not a back to back in terms of days, but a home and home, two games in a row against Toronto. They play the Leafs on Wednesday and then back home against Toronto again on Saturday. So I don't know. I don't think they look. I think they look at the Bruins here. This is a big time game. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. I am concerned about Velarde. And again, if Velarde doesn't play, though, it's going to open up prop opportunities for Winnipeg. Someone's <clears> going to have to take that spot with uh, Lowry and Connor uh, on the top line for the Jets. So whoever does is probably going to have some value. I would look at Perfetti too, Lowry again on the top line. For Boston, as far as props go, uh, again, I don't know if there's going to be a ton of goals in this game. I could see it being a little low scoring, potentially, uh, even though the Bruins have been trending over lately with their goal scoring explosion. But you've got Coyle on the top line, DeBrusque heating up. I would maybe look in that direction. Uh, Matt Potra, it looks like, is going to be in tonight as well for the uh, Boston Bruins. Danton Heinen had a hat trick the other night against uh, Montreal. We'll see if uh, he can repeat that. But keep in mind, he's only on the uh, fourth line for them. That's also something I looked at, too, with Winnipeg here and taking them. It's that you know a team that comes off a nine-goal game like that and just blows out their opponent. Sometimes they're ripe for the picking the next game, and it's hard to duplicate that. When you have that kind of impressive beatdown and nine goals, sometimes regression hits you like a stone uh, the very next game. So we'll see if that happens to Boston tonight or if they can avoid it. All right, we've got Vegas and New Jersey uh, next game. Uh, New Jersey Devils minus 120, home favorite, six the total here in this game. So you got the Devils at home where they've been absolutely, uh, I'm going to say it, they've been brutal at home this year. For a team that's supposed to be as good as they have, are, or as good as they're supposed to be, they're 9-13 and 13 now on home ice this year, the New Jersey Devils. Uh, just not at all what you want to see 
uh, with that record. And I'm keeping track of this New Jersey Devils team and their record without Jack Hughes uh, in the lineup. And right now, I've got them at uh, if four and eight on the season. Uh, the New Jersey Devils without Jack Hughes. They did beat Columbus without him, but keep in mind, it's not like they outplayed Columbus in that game. Vanacek was very good. It was one of his better games in net. They come back home against Dallas the next night, and we were all over Dallas. I think everyone in the chat, uh, all many of our viewers and listeners, myself, um, of course, the, uh, uh, everybody on Dallas uh, Saturday against New Jersey. We love that spot for the Stars. Uh, and uh, I think definitely when you see uh, the way it set up and New Jersey struggles at home as well, it was perfect for Dallas off the bad game against Philadelphia. And the uh, and the uh, Dallas Stars got the job done. Uh, as far as the uh, this game goes, though, I'm going to take the Vegas Golden Knights here at, at even money in this game. This is just to me, I don't like what I'm seeing from the New Jersey Devils at all. Uh, I know there's definitely going to be some level of, you know, wanting to show up here tonight after getting uh, drilled six to two at home by the Dallas stars. But you know, the fact remains, this team has now lost three in a row at home, Dallas, Montreal, Vancouver have all come in here to New Jersey and beat this team. They've had losses this year at home to the likes of San Jose, Anaheim. I mean, it's just been, uh, they have not played well at home. The, the Jack Hughes injury, as we've seen has really hurt this team offensively. Uh, they clearly have struggled more to score goals. Their defense and their goaltending continues to be inconsistent. One game to the next, you don't know what you're going to get. They were good against Columbus. Goaltending was good against Columbus. And then goaltending and defense was awful uh, against Dallas on Saturday night. So uh, I don't trust it. Logan Thompson is in net for uh, Vegas. Now, look, Vegas is not a picture of health either. I should point that out. I mean, Theodore and Carlson. And uh, Ben Hutton and Aiden Hill and Jack Eichel all on IR. William Carrier on IR. Michael Amadio on IR. Uh, but the players that they have got on the ice right now have played well for them. They've won three in a row entering tonight, beating Nashville, the Rangers, and the Penguins all at home. We'll see if they can translate that uh, on the road. Their road record's not great either, so I, should, I shouldn't be biased here. Yes, New Jersey's road uh, home record's been rough, but Vegas' road record hasn't been great uh, either. They're just 9-13. and 13. Uh, away from home this year, but I'm still going to take them here. Plus 100. I am just that much very negative toward what I am seeing right now uh, from this Devils team, particularly a Devils team without Hughes, who again have that four and eight uh, uh, albatross around their neck uh, as far as their record uh, without him in the lineup. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Alex? Vegas, New Jersey. Yeah, so this is a, a, a draw uh, season candidate for sure. You got two teams cross conference. Vegas is kind of trying to fight to stay in the, you know, thick of things in the Pacific. New Jersey kind of floating in that wild card, middle of Metro pace. Both teams banged up. You look at the history, both these teams' last two meetings have played 3-2 in overtime, 4-3 in overtime. This game just screams draw to me. It could be a low and slow kind of a game. We don't see, uh, you know, much pace from Vegas early in a contest anyway. And uh, they said New Jersey without Heashier and Hughes, this team just, you know, the offense just kind of dries up. So uh, you could sprinkle a little correct score 2-2 on this uh, or maybe even a 1-1, but definitely would be going with the draw. Yeah, I'm going to probably look at the draw too now that I see the head-to-heads. Yeah, we've seen consecutive overtime games with these two teams. So I'll probably do Vegas and draw. I'm on Winnipeg and draw in the first game. I'll probably do Vegas and draw in this game. Thompson confirmed in net for Vegas. Logan Thompson. Vanacek expected for New Jersey. That's not confirmed yet. And still Jack Hughes, Colin Miller, Andre Pilat, Dougie Hamilton, Tomas Noshek, 
and Yo- Jonas Siegenthaler and Brendan Smith as well, who's a good physical. They could use a good physical defenseman right now who's actually going to defend in his own end. And Brendan Smith, you know, he's got his flaws in other areas, but that's one area that New Jersey needs some help right now defending. So they actually miss Brendan Smith, I think, right now as a depth defenseman uh, at this point in time. And that's a great stat from Rich H. I knew it was bad as far as their goal differential without Jack Hughes. But there you go. In seven last seven games without Jack Hughes, 11 goals for, 22 goals against for the uh, New Jersey Devils. It's a minus 11. That's not what you want to see uh, when without him. And uh, if it, I'll tell you what, he's certainly bolstering his case for MVP and the Hart Trophy with what we're seeing out of this Devils team without him. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Brett? Vegas, New Jersey. Yeah, so earlier this morning I, I took Vegas, but um, for all the reasons you kind of said uh, with Winnipeg, actually, like as the season rolls on and they start to get some bodies back, you're not going to see them at plus money for, for much longer for the rest of the season. So I hopped in on them, but I like everything you guys also said about the draw, so I'll probably sprinkle on that too. Right. Uh, I agree with that. The draw now is of interest there for sure with that uh, Devil, or that Golden Knights-Devils game. As far as props in this one, I mean, obviously with the uh, Devils, that's another thing too. It's the defensive struggles. But again, they've not been scoring nearly as much either uh, without Jack Hughes. Like I said, 11 goals in the last seven games without him. Uh, but if I were to look at someone tonight as far as props go, I would, you know, it's the same two. It's McLeod, Mercer, uh, Brad, Heashier, and Meyer. Meyer, you know, has not been... He just hasn't clicked from day one since he's been with this uh, New Jersey team. For Vegas, Nicholas Waugh is on the top line with Marcia So and Barbashev. I think that's great value. Nicholas Waugh has played well since he's been up there. Dora Fayev, Stevenson Stone. Uh, Dora Fayev in particular and Stevenson have some good value. And maybe don't sleep on this kid now that he got his first goal. He's on the third line. Brendan Brisson for the uh, Vegas uh, Golden Knights. It was a very nice goal he scored against Pittsburgh, too. The game winner. How about that? Your first NHL goal, and it's a game winner for Brendan Brisson uh, on uh, Saturday night for the Vegas Golden Knights against Pittsburgh. So uh, maybe you ride the wave with him now uh, that uh, gets his first goal and maybe can uh, add to it here uh, in this one against the uh, New Jersey Devils. All right, Florida Panthers and Nashville Predators. Florida, minus 125 road favorites, six the total uh, here in this matchup. Uh, The Predators, of course, uh, a team that uh, you look at their last few games, up and down they continue to be. They return home off a, a mini three-game road trip through Vegas, L.A., and Arizona. They go one and two in those games. Uh, they finish that road trip after the 2-1 win against L.A., the biggest bet of the season uh, for Alex B. Smith on uh, Thursday night with the Nashville win against L.A. He follows up. I think he actually took Arizona on the show Saturday uh, against uh, Nashville. And noting yeah. that Connor Ingram is facing his old team in that game, and Connor Ingram was the difference in that game. He played very well. Uh, and Arizona gets a 3-2 to two victory at home against Nashville. Predators now return home uh, for this game uh, against the uh, Florida Panthers. Uh, Barkov remains out for the Panthers. Nick Cousins on IR, everyone's favorite rat. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, in the NHL right now, he remains out. Uh, so it's fitting that he's a rat and he plays for the Florida Panthers, by the way. Uh, Nick Cousins, uh, just saying with that. Uh, but Anthony Stolarz, how about that? Uh, going in net tonight for the Florida Panthers. And this is not a back-to-back either. Florida does not play on Tuesday night. So this is a decision by Paul Maurice, you know, give Sergei Bobrovsky a little rest right now. And because, to be honest, it's looked like Sergei Bobrovsky needs a little reset. Last few games on that homestand were not great for him after a really extended run of good, solid play. So 
Uh, Paul Maurice saying, let's give uh, Bob a rest, goalie Bob, and let's give Anthony Stolarz a, a shot here uh, in net for the uh, Panthers here in this game against uh, Nashville. Yeah, Stolarz is feast or famine. You know, it's just very, very difficult to – uh, pin, pin down when he's going to play well and when he's not uh, because we've seen some great performances from him. He's actually played well, you know, against St. Louis. He played outstanding in a win. He played very well against Montreal. But the last time we saw him in a start, it was Martin Luther King Day a week ago today and against Anaheim. He gives up five goals, and the Ducks beat the Panthers in that game. So you never know what you're going to get. But I think when you look at this matchup here with uh, uh, Florida, I'm going to trust in them today because they've been road warriors. They showed it on their last road trip uh, against uh, a very good competition, Vegas, Colorado. Um, you know, don't forget about that road trip. I know that homestand didn't go the way the Panthers wanted, and it was disappointing. You have a road trip as good as they had, and you come back home, you go one and four, and you lose the last four of those home games, Devils, Ducks, Red Wings, Wild. Two of those were, were in overtime, though, so easily could have won. And if you look at the actual flow of play, they outshot the Devils and lost. They outshot the Ducks and lost. They outshot the Red Wings and lost. They outshot the Wild and lost. So kind of bad luck, unfortunately, for the Panthers. And Puck didn't go in for them as much as it should have. Puck went in for the opponent probably more than it should have. And that was the difference in those four games because they outplayed the opponent in those four games, but they lost all four last four games of that homestand. So I remember cashing tickets with Vegas and Colorado a few weeks ago on the road. I haven't forgotten. And I know what they're capable of away from home. Their road record's been good. 14-7-1 uh, road record this year for the Florida Panthers. You get Nashville off the road trip here, which is always a little bit of a dubious spot. So for me, Florida Panthers, minus 125 in this game. There we go. Let's get that Florida Panthers uh, back on track in the win column tonight. Uh, I, would, I would actually think this might be a draw candidate as well. I wouldn't talk anyone out of a draw look either. Uh, in this game, I could see that possibly uh, being the case. Uh, Florida, three of their last five games have gone past regulation, so they played a lot of tight games lately. So maybe a small draw sprinkle for me, in addition to looking at the Panthers here as sh as short road favorites. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Florida, Nashville? Okay, wait. So that's the the Panther sound. What's the Predator sound though? It's the same damn sound, isn't it? Not? You think it pretty much, yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, I kind of thought, yeah. Versus <laughs> this game. All right. So, uh, I, just, I just wanted you to Who are these stuff. teams' names? <laughs> Panther and a yeah. Predator. What's the difference? I don't, yeah. I don't know if anybody ever realized that, that you'd make the exact same sound for both teams. That's yeah. just funny to me. But uh, I think this is going to be a good game. This could actually be considered one of the games of the night, believe it or not. You know, these are two teams I don't really necessarily care to watch on, usually that often. But Nashville has been very – uh, done very well for my pocket in the last couple of games. Like I said, winning a big game and then losing right after that. Now coming back home, it could be a little bit shaky. I expect goals in this game, especially now with Stolarz in that. Stolarz has never played Nashville. And he's, like I said, just been kind of an up-and-down kind of guy. I feel like he almost reacts a little bit better being a true backup than he does being kind of in the 1A, 1B system. Like, we saw him kind of getting some more starts, say, around the time when he was in Anaheim with Gibson, and he looked like he was getting comfortable in that spot. But I think that was just him just getting familiar with seeing NHL game action more. Now it seems like he's not necessarily that guy that you can give a, just a ton of work to and go alternate. I don't, I don't, I don't see Maurice going Bob and Stolarz alternating five, you know, six games in a row necessarily. So that being said, that yeah, we could just see some spottiness from him because he's just, he's just a traditional backup goalie. So I like the first period over here. 
actually really love the first period over here. This is cash six uh, of the last meetings, nine and three the last 12 meetings, but six in a row. You've also got a full game over at six. I grabbed that minus a dollar ten earlier. And I'm on the draw. We're looking at Florida. This is a team that always plays games close. Three of their last five games going past regulation. So give me first period over, full game over, and the draw. All right. So first period over, full game over, an over double up here in Florida, Nashville uh, for Alex and the draw here in that. Yeah. I mean, the first period over, good find there, six and oh. The last six meetings head to head have gone uh, over in the first period. So I might jump on that a little bit too, the first period and full game. Uh, over, I sure that that feels like in case Stolarz does not, if Stolarz of of the Anaheim game shows up lat, from last Monday, it probably will go over in the first period and full game. He was good before that though in two starts, but he was not good the last time we saw him start, which was that Anaheim game. So that's what you get with the backup goalie. You know, you're going to get a lot of you know, which night is he on his game, which night is he not on his game. You know, unfortunately, I, that's I also mentioned. I should also mention too within those six games going over in the first period. Five of those, we saw both teams score, uh, except for the last one, which was the 2 nothing spot. But in all those, we saw – in the four of those where we saw the both teams scoring, it was exactly 1-1. So if you want to take a correct score, first period shot for, you know, something a little fun, you can go both teams to score, and you can maybe even go correct score 1-1 after 20. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so that's another thing to consider. A lot of these first period overs, each team has found the back of the net in the opening 20 minutes. So the both teams to score it plus money. Might be a worth a look. Nashville's on a five-game streak to the first period under here, says uh, Chris Otto, which is that's why we have his charts uh, at the ready there. So we can keep an eye on that. So it's basically one of those deals where Nashville's <laughs> gone 5-0 and to the under in the first period of their last five games. Does that override the head-to-head, 6-0 and to the over, or vice versa? Only you can make that determination uh, individually, which one you value uh, as the stronger of the two. And the, the reason I don't let that kind of scare me off of it a little bit is because of the spot of Nashville coming back home off of a road trip and yeah. the spot of Florida starting their backup. So those two things, for me personally, yeah. along with the history trend, override the current trend with Nashville. Yeah, I, yeah definitely. Uh, I, uh, that, I, I get it why you're looking at that. Uh, for that reason, why you're looking at overs here tonight. All right, what do you think here, Brett, of Florida-Nashville? Uh, I'm with both you guys, actually. I like a lot of goals in this game. Uh, I, I jumped on Florida early. Um, I think this is a, kind of a get-right spot for them after that four-game four game, uh, one and four at home, going for a quick trip just to Nashville and then going back home. I think it's a good get-right spot for them. Um, so I jumped on them money line. I actually also took the Florida Panthers team total over three and a half. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. All right. Yeah, I might do that, too, because I remember the last time I considered taking Florida. Outside the loss to the Devils, they're scoring three, four, or five goals a game. They are. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do, because this tonight I want a piece of the money line, because the last time, Friday night I was on team total over, but the money line was minus 200 on Florida against Minnesota. So that's why I was only team total with Florida that night. And it paid off because they lost the game, but they still scored four goals. Tonight, the money line is digestible. It's playable at minus 125. And I'm going to go with the uh, split, though, with the team total. I still want a piece of the team total in my pocket in case Stolarz, you know, has an Anaheim game like last Monday where he gave up five. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, it makes sense to kind of look at Florida because this is probably the last time. They win this game, if they win by margin, this is the last time we're going to see them in a – $1.25 neighborhood for a little while. So, yeah, 
definitely. And that's uh, something I'm cognizant of lately is getting multiple types of bets on a team that you're backing. It doesn't have to be all money line. It doesn't have to be all puck line. It doesn't have to be all regulation line. You could have a little piece of the money line, a little piece of the team total. And I've been doing more of that lately. Uh, Pittsburgh, Arizona. Penguins minus 150 road favorite, six the total here in this game. Um, you know, when you look at this matchup here, Penguins and Coyotes, uh, Arizona at home continues to have a pretty good record, 14-9, and beats Nashville 3-2 in their last home game. Uh, which actually snapped a four-game home losing streak. They had lost four straight at Mullet prior to beating Nashville the other night. Uh, Pittsburgh with a 3-2 loss uh, against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. We'll see if that continues here in this game. We'll see if Pittsburgh Penguin dominance continues over the Arizona Coyotes. My goodness, this is 10 in a row that the Pittsburgh Penguins have beaten the Arizona Coyotes, uh, including last year in Arizona. Uh, Pittsburgh was the one team that did not have success one of the few teams that did not have success uh, or one of the few, uh, one of the few teams I should say that did have success last year at mullet arena. Uh, and they get a four, one win in Arizona last year. So they've won 10 in a row head to head against the uh, Arizona coyotes. That being said, there's no freaking way I'm laying a buck 50 uh, on the uh, road with the uh, Pittsburgh penguins. Now that's probably enough to maybe pump the brakes for me taking Arizona. Connor Ingram is confirmed in net. Look, um, the scary part about Pittsburgh tonight even though they've dominated arizona and they won here last year they don't have the better goalie right now in this game as far as current form tristan jari's up and down uh he's probably going to be in net again although it hasn't been confirmed and connor ingram continues to play very well uh here for the uh, coyotes the only thing that keeps me off arizona is that series history track record where pittsburgh's won 10 straight uh that that's something i don't necessarily want to tempt fate with but there's no way i'm laying a buck 50 with the penguinos right now uh, and their erratic play, uh, which continued, obviously, with that terrible loss to Vegas. Terrible in the fact they had a 2 nothing lead on the road. You've got to find a way to secure that victory and bring it home. And they just could not do it. Three unanswered goals for Vegas in the third to erase that deficit and beat the Penguins 3-2. And to make matters worse, you know, they go from winning that game to not even getting a point. And points are at a premium right now for Pittsburgh as they are on the outside looking in. They need every point they can get in their hopes of trying to be a playoff team. Uh, this year Alex what do you think here Penguins Coyotes yeah I mean when you look at this uh, history it, it's pretty one-sided and once again like I said when you have these spots especially cross conference they play each other twice a year but for whatever reason Pittsburgh has Arizona's number Tristan Jari yeah he's not nearly as good current form against uh or, or compared to Connor Ingram but his numbers against Arizona 6-0 and with a 1.81 goals against a 9.25 save percentage and a shutout he does just as good at them as, as anybody. Uh, I'm taking a shot with Pittsburgh. I got even money in regulation. Uh, just looking at the history, there's only been two of those last 10 wins to go uh, past regulation. So I think Pittsburgh gets this done. And like I said, Arizona, they're kind of just, you know, they're, they're, they're weebling and wobbling for me right now. Like, yes, they did beat Nashville, but that was a spot where I figured Nashville would kind of, you know, deflate a little bit after that L.A. win, especially with how tight they played against L.A. So now here they are kind of, you know, it's, I would say, basically borderline same competition. If you if you split it from an East and West perspective, Arizona is kind of the Pittsburgh of the West. You know, it's like, oh, they could make that push to be in a playoff team, but then all of a sudden they kind of take a few steps back. They're not built the same way, but as far as just where they slide in the, the grand scheme of all things. So that being said, I like Pittsburgh to win in regulation. I got it even money. Pittsburgh and regulation, even money. Certainly, if you're going to bet Pittsburgh, do that. 
uh, bet regulation minus one team total. Uh, I would want to. I wouldn't want to lay a buck fifty. Uh, that that's for sure. Uh, what do you think here, Brett? Pittsburgh, Arizona. I agree that this is a this is a game that Pittsburgh needs to win, but at minus one fifty, I'm probably not going to do anything with it until I see how the game starts. Maybe try and grab something in game. Um, I think it's just too veteran of a lineup to to drop this game to the Coyotes if if they want any chance of making the playoffs. So hopefully Arizona starts quick and we can get a better price on um, the money line for Pittsburgh. I want to point out something too. I just quickly re- go back one moment to the Florida Nashville game as far as props. You know Nyquist for Nashville. Yes, we've talked about him a lot, but Florida. I talked about Cool Mint Lusterinen and Anton Lindell playing on the top line. Wouldn't you fucking know it? They both scored on Friday night against Minnesota. Okay, so don't don't sleep on those two guys. That's those are good prop value picks right now. Both of those guys look to be on the top line again. As of right now, there's no change. They're both with Reinhardt, Lusterinen, and Lundell on the top line with for Florida tonight. So uh, definitely, <laughs> I think there's still great prop opportunity there with them. And as far as props in this. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, Arizona game. Uh, Clayton Keller's been a man possessed lately. Uh, you're not getting the prices, obviously, that you do with others, but six four goals, four assists, 10 points in the last seven games. Absolute heater right now uh, for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, Michelli, our old friend who cooled off significant, or not Michelli, Carcone sco- scored the other uh, night as well against our, our Saturday afternoon against Nashville. Uh, you've got Zucker, Kerfoot, Kraus, Nick Bukestad's up to the top line with Michelli and Clay and Keller. So it's probably a little value there uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, there are uh, players that have been contributing quite a bit lately. Uh, it goes without saying Sid Crosby, four goals, two assists, six points uh, for Pittsburgh. Riley Smith, by the way, uh, remains out of the lineup for the Penguins tonight. Uh, you got Gensel, Crosby, Raquel, you got Drew O'Connor on the second line. There could be someone that, uh, has some opportunity and some value here tonight. Reminds me of Gergensen for Buffalo. He moved up to the second line, and he did score, and it was a huge price. You get Drew O'Connor tonight, it looks like, on the second line for Pittsburgh, so could be a little value there. All right, Chicago and Vancouver. We've got the uh, Canucks minus 440. Huge home favorites, obviously. Six the total uh, in this game. Uh, the work ethic and the effort level out of this Chicago team, since with all the injuries, is a credit and a testament to Luke Richardson, man. Uh, it really is. Um, uh, to see what they have somehow and how they, they battle the, uh, in this team, even with the losses, even with the absence of offense lately, has been impressive. I mean, you look at this stretch going back to January 7th when they beat Calgary 4-3 at home. They lose three in a row, but look at these losses. Edmonton 2-1 at home with a great Oilers team that's now won 13 in a row. 2-1 at Winnipeg, one of the best teams in the NHL. 3-1 against Dallas, another very good team, and they were right in that game. They have the win against San Jose. On the road at Buffalo, you know, the game got pushed back due to the snowstorm. They get shut out. That was probably one of their worst games during this run. And then they come back home on a back-to-back, back home in Chicago, and they all of a sudden we get four goals out of this team which is like an offensive eruption for them uh, based on what we have seen the last few weeks. And they beat the Islanders 4-3. And uh, Chicago is probably the reason for Lane Lambert sent packing or the final straw uh, in them uh, making a coaching change this weekend with the Islanders. So the effort level from Chicago has been absolutely magnificent with all the injuries. And we know who's been out and still going into this game. 
who remains out for Chicago. It's Connor Bedard. It's Anthony Beauvillier. Uh, it's Andreas Athanasiu. Uh, it's Taylor Hall. Uh, it's Tyler Johnson. Uh, it has been a rough stretch, obviously, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks from an injury standpoint up front. There's no question about that. But uh, as far as this game tonight goes against uh, Vancouver, uh, it does appear that we might get the captain, or which who should be the captain, Nick Foligno, uh, back for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks tonight uh, in this game. So at least one reinforcement from this infirmary ward of injured forwards uh, could be on the way. Uh, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks tonight. He is traveling with the team for this four-game road trip. He is still uncertain for tonight, but trending in the direction of possibly returning to the lineup here uh, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks tonight in this game. And certainly anything will help uh, right now, no question. Uh, Vancouver with a nice win against Toronto. Uh, There's not much more we can say about Vancouver than what we've already said all season. It's been, you know, this team is just, they don't lose multiple games in a row. They can win any style of game you want. They can play a high-scoring game and win it. They can play a low-scoring game and win it. You know, they continue to show that. I mean, look at the uh, diversity of their wins. 6-4, 6-3, 5-2, 4-3 on the road trip, higher-scoring wins. But they beat Buffalo 1-0. They beat Arizona 2-1. A couple of low-scoring defensively, uh, you know, tight defensive games. And then, of course, they beat Toronto 6-4. They can beat you any which way. Uh, there's no question about that. The Canucks, very impressive season. Tadakit's done an outstanding job. Uh, Thatcher Demko confirmed in net for uh, Vancouver. Um, or Peter Morozik expected, but not confirmed for uh, Chicago. The only thing I would maybe look at here, though, is the one thing I concern myself with for Chicago here is, yes, at home, the efforts have been spe- spectacular. You know, taking Edmonton and Dallas uh, and Winnipeg, you know, right to the brink, beating Winnipeg in overtime last month at home. You know, taking Edmonton to a two-to-one loss, a great Oilers team, beating the Islanders the other night. They've been really, really in every single game recently at home. But the thing that concerns me about Chicago is the road has been a bit of a different story. You know, 3 nothing loss to Nashville, 4-1 to the Rangers, 4-2 to New Jersey, 3 nothing to Buffalo. You know, they just haven't been in the game nearly as much on the road. And now you're going out to Vancouver against this Canucks team. Not an easy spot. For, uh, Chicago. The question is, what do you do with Vancouver? It's hard to find the value. The only thing I would consider is what Chris Otto put up there in the chat. Maybe you look at a Vancouver first period team total over one and a half at a really nice plus price. Uh, that's it because the full game team, to, even if you go team total route with Vancouver, you're talking four and a half now uh, as the three and a half is just too heavily priced. So uh, the only thing I would maybe look at is that the first period team total. Other than that, not a whole lot for me on this game side or total. I mean, what are you going to do with the total? Uh, you know, I would say this could be an under spot, though, quite honestly. This could be the Ian Cameron leans under to go, so it goes over game of the night here uh, in the NHL. Because Vancouver against Arizona, you know, a bit of a, you know, a team that doesn't capture their attention like a Toronto does or some of these other teams. And I'm sure Chicago's in that boat. Vancouver was willing to play low and slow, you know, just grind it out, two to one win. Let's get the dub and move on. Could be one of those spots tonight for Vancouver here tonight. And, you know, Chicago doesn't want any track meets right now even if Nick Foligno returns to the lineup. So I would lean under here. What do you think, Alex? Blackhawks, Canucks? Yeah, this is this is going to be an ugly game. This is going to be an, an ugly road trip. Uh, like For those old-school Hawks fans, this is going to be something like the old circus trips of the late uh, 90s and early 2000s. I mean, this team's awful away from the United Center, and now they're playing against a Vancouver team that has dominated them, won 13 of the last 16 meetings, uh, and by wide margins as well. 
this this is going to be an ugly game. Now, Peter Morazic starting in net, so we can't get too crazy with totals. Like you said, this could possibly trend under, but I still think Vancouver finds a way to get goals. So I like their team total, and BetMGM's your friend with this, at exactly four goals minus $1.35. I think that's the best option because, like you said, you're, you're laying way too much with three and a half, four and a half at plus price. I mean, that you're pushing it. Like I said, uh, you'd need a, a rough night for Morazic And starting a road trip, maybe we see – this could be the freshest we see Morazic, but at the same time, keep in mind we've been seeing him playing a lot of hockey lately, and, you know, we're worried about whether he – can he stay healthy? Can he just stay consistent? I don't know. That, that remains to be seen. So if he gives up a couple goals early, four and a half could uh, very well be live. So maybe grab a tiny piece of four and a half plus, but go a little bit larger with that four <clears throat> Last dollar thirty-five. This should be uh, Vancouver should be able to name their price and kind of just lay it up. Now you mentioned Nick Foligno back, and I'm glad you said it. Yes, the captain. That that's the way that he should be viewed, and that's kind of the the de facto uh, role he has in that locker room. Him coming back will make a little bit of a jump, and we're also seeing Ryan Donato back in the lineup, uh, and Lucas Reichel is going to be a healthy scratch tonight, which uh, I don't mind that one bit. To, to be honest, I think Lucas Reichel would be a great piece in a trade package. He hasn't delivered the way that we all expected him to deliver in Chicago. He's a good player. He's a versatile player, but I just don't think he's the right fit here, and I think he might be a bigger trade piece uh, while he still has some higher value, while some teams still think he's a top six forward. So uh, he's out and, and with uh, Nick Foligno back in, so I'll kind of talk about Nick Foligno a little bit later. Yeah, it could, uh, could still be a decent prop game. I mean, for Vancouver, we'll start there. Anything Elias Pettersson right now, I mean, he's on fire. What, 10 goals and six assists in the last just eight games? I mean, it's been unbelievable. By the way, power play point prop. He has a power play point, uh, Pettersson, in three straight games. So you obviously get plus money with that. I think that might be worth a look. And I'll throw a couple of forwards down the lineup at you for Vancouver. Dakota Joshua, we've talked about him. Niels Hoaglander, he's been better lately, heating up. How about uh, Connor Garland? Three goals for him in the last three games. There's a couple of uh, down-the-lineup uh, better plus-price options there for Vancouver props. And I'll throw out another one, too. Sam Lafferty, I know he didn't score against one of his former teams on Saturday uh, against Toronto, but he faces another uh, of his former teams tonight, the Chicago Blackhawks. So maybe a look at Sam Lafferty. Uh, and then for Chicago, we'll see. Uh, yeah, f- 15 goals, five on 15, five on five goals, says uh, Niels Hoaglander, says Rich H. So, yeah, and he's going to had two goals for them in the first period the other night against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs in that game. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Brett? Blackhawks, Canucks? Yeah, it's a tough one. Vancouver should roll them, but there's not too much value on anything. The one thing I did have jump out at me potentially because Chicago has just been so dreadful on the road was uh, the Chicago team total under one and a half at plus 140. That might be something that might be something I jump in on, but I'll most likely just pass on it. All right. Next up, we've got the uh, San Jose Sharks and the Los Angeles Kings uh, LA minus 380. Home favorites, uh, the total six shaded to the under uh, in this game. And keep in mind, this is an L.A. Kings team that enters this game, what, two and uh, eight, two and nine in their last 11 games. Uh, And here they are laying a 380 price against the Sharks. But the way I see it for the L.A. Kings is uh, just we know this team is better than they've shown lately, and they've had some tough luck. They really have. Three of the losses were overtime or shootout. Then they had a 5-3 loss to Detroit. 
Um, they, they had a 5-1 loss to Dallas in a brutal spot at the end of a lengthy, grueling road trip. They come back home off that road trip, and as Alex called it, brutal spot for L.A. Uh, against Nashville coming back off that road trip, and they lost 2-1. to one. But They finally get a couple days at home, get the rest, replenish, re-energize following the Nashville loss. You stay at home finally. No fucking travel for the first time in what feels like ages for the L.A. Kings, and you came out there against the Rangers, and you finally snapped the losing streak, and you beat the Rangers uh, two to one. Not pretty, but you got the job done. I think now because the struggles, the struggles were twofold. One, they weren't playing well. They weren't. The defense kind of fell off a bit. Goaltending kind of fell off a bit, and they stopped scoring a, a lot on that road trip too. And the the second part of the twofold struggles of the Kings the last month, the schedule was hellacious. It's one of the most brutal schedules I have seen a team put through what the LA Kings were put through that long road trip, the brutal situation where they only have a day off after the road trip, three and four nights coming back home to play Nashville. Uh, Alex was right on there uh, as far as looking at Nashville. And now you finally give this team a chance to replenish, recharge the batteries, stay at home, no travel between the Nashville and the Rangers game. And sure enough, it was one of the better games the Kings have played in quite some time. I think now there's going to be a chance to maybe back this Kings team, see them get hot, see them get on a run again, uh, and uh, even though this is uh, obviously not value, when you're ever you're going against San Jose, you're paying a premium to back a team. I'm going in tonight on L.A. Uh, double fold here. We're taking the first period puck line minus a half plus 105. Again, it's not a great price for a first period puck line plus 105, but I like them early to jump on San Jose, get that confidence from finally seeing a win on the board against the Rangers the other night. So Kings first period puck line, I really do like that one quite a bit. And then as far as the uh, puck line, I'm going to skip the minus one and a half on L.A. Uh, here tonight. I'm going to go to the minus two and a half at plus 120 for the L.A. Kings. I'm going for a, an alternative puck line here. Minus two and a half goals plus 120 uh, on the L.A. Kings. Keep in mind, they have dominated San Jose. They have won six straight head-to-head meetings against the Sharks. And five of those six wins were by at least two goals and a, a multiple wins by three goals or more. Uh, so you look, you look at these games, you saw a 4-3 and a 3-2, but you also saw four of the six where it was 3-0, 5-2, 4-1, 5-1 L.A. In fact, both meetings this year with the Kings and the Sharks, L.A. won both of them, 4-1, 5-1, cumulative score of 9-2 head-to-head for the Kings over the Sharks in the two previous meetings this year. So, yeah, I don't want minus 1.5, minus 140. To hell with that. I'm going for the extra uh, value here, plus 120, minus two and a half. So it's a unique way of approaching it, which you have to do if you're going to take a favorite when they're minus 380. We're going to go first period puck line LA, minus a half, plus 105. And I'm going to skip the minus one and a half full game puck line. I'm going to go with the minus two and a half full game puck line instead at plus 120 uh, on the LA Kings tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Sharks, Kings. Yeah, I, I agree. I like Kings in this spot. I think they they can get back in in right form and, and get a big win here. Uh, and seeing the quote, you know, David Riddick is is kind of the guy right now, according to Todd McClellan. And uh, this is not a bad spot to throw him in. He's played eleven games against the the Sharks in his career. There's only four teams where he's played double digits against. This is one of them. He's four two and two with a two point eight zero goals against, eight nine nine save percentage. So this may not be a, a shutout. 
for David Riddick. That's something we never really kind of make on. But I do like goals here and mostly on L.A. side. So I'm with you on that first period puck line. I got that plus 110 at Caesars. But I'm also going to go with the MGM split of Kings win and over five and a half at plus 115. Uh, I think the Kings will be able to kind of light up the scoreboard. The Sharks should be able to get one or two past Riddick as well. So at over five and a half, combine that with a Kings win at a, at a plus price. I'll roll with that along with that first period puck line. He's earned my respect enough lately, Riddick, to be called Big Save Dave again. Uh, yes, I mean, he, he's been good. He's been good for now these last few games for the uh, LA. Even the loss to Nashville, I believe he was in net that night. He didn't play that bad, uh, in my opinion. So, And by the way, you talk about David Riddick and how he's played solid, and he was, of course, in net the other night for their win against the Rangers, which they desperately needed. I want to point out something about it uh, as far as uh, David Riddick is uh, concerned right now uh, for them. And again, he was very good against the Rangers, and he was very good against the uh, uh, Nashville Predators as well. I thought he was good in both of those games. You know, two goals allowed to the Preds, one goal allowed to the Rangers. Uh, when they beat Carolina on the road trip, their only win, he was in net, and he only gave up two goals. Um, one thing I want to point out, too, about Riddick, another reason why I think Todd McClellan's going back to him tonight, it's not just because of his current form. Guess who was in net for L.A. in the two previous meetings against San Jose this year? Both meetings. Guess who was in net? David Riddick. And guess what? What was the score of those games? 4-1 and 5-1. So he had no problem shutting down uh, the San Jose Sharks, uh, David Riddick, when he faced them earlier this year. Again, 9-2 for the Kings in the two head-to-head meetings against the Sharks combined back in December. And David Riddick started both of those games uh, for the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, what do you think here, Brett? San Jose, L.A.? Yeah, to add on to the with the Riddick, like – LA is all over the goalie trade rumor mill. So this is his his kind of chance to showcase himself and say, hey, I'm the guy. I'm right here. You don't got to go out and get someone. Don't know if that's going to stay the case, but and at least in the short term, he's making saves. Um, similar to uh, the last game, there's not much I'm looking at here. I think it's too big of a favorite. Maybe for these last two games, we see something like the Rangers-Ducks games last night where uh, Ducks go ahead early and you can – you can hammer the Rangers uh, live and uh, make out with some good plus money. So hoping maybe that's the case here with the Kings. All right, there you go. You could always look for maybe uh, an early San Jose goal uh, and hop on a better in-game adjusted price on the Kings. You could always you know, go about it in that way, no doubt. All right, there you go. That's the Monday NHL card. Almost 300 live viewers. Man, we appreciate it. We love to see it. Uh, hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. And make sure you sign up. Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. Just $10 per month. We have got lots coming. First of all, our Patreon Ice Guys exclusive live betcast for the month of January. It's days away. That's all I'm going to say, but it's right around the corner. So if you want to join us for this exclusive Ice Guys live betcast on Patreon here in January, the only way you'll be able to watch it is signing up for $10 per month at patreon.com slash ice guys. Not only the only way to watch it, but it's the only way to join us on the stream as well during the betcast. So we are looking forward to that. Our January 1st Patreon exclusive ice guys live betcast. So make sure you sign up. It is just days away that live betcast. And we will announce it the day of the betcast, the morning of, we will post the YouTube link for that BetCast on the Patreon page, and that is exactly how uh, you will know that the uh, BetCast will be that night. So that's around the corner. Of course, our daily sides, totals, and player props posted on the Patreon page, uh, goalie charts, totals charts, and more. And we will be recording some 
bonus videos and bonus content over the all-star break. Uh, and we will be uh, starting to roll that out for our Patreon members as well. Just bonus features, bonus, uh, you know, topical discussions that Alex and I will be uh, doing for the uh, Patreon members. So we are very much uh, looking forward uh, to giving you a lot more in the exclusive content department for all our valued Patreon members and subscribers and all of it, all of it just for $10 per month and your $10 per month uh, contribution as members to patreon.com slash ice guys will help this show continue uh, for the long term. So patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 per month. Make sure you sign up. And again, we're just days away from our first Patreon exclusive ice guys live betcast coming your way before the end of January. And also don't forget about the ice guys store, get yourself some great merch and gear, including the, uh, hoodie that you see Alex wearing right now, the draw season. There it is, uh, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, got to check it out. We got all the draw season merch, all of our classic uh, Ice Guys merch too. And some things we will be phasing out uh, after the All-Star break, especially with the limited edition shop, which, of course, that link is always pinned and that, that will be pinned again on uh, over at the underscore Ice Guys, which is Ian's account temporarily so uh we will have that uh, up there as well but check that as long as the main ice guy store which is iceguys.myspreadshop.com uh we've got everything you need there the hoodies the hats everything's in stock right now so that's iceguys.myspreadshop.com all right there we go good stuff all right it is time for you know it's good stuff too bargain bin special of the night it's been good stuff most of this season uh for first season on the show where we've had this segment uh, alex we'll start with you bargain bin special what did you find? Yeah, so, you know, that LA-San Jose game is probably not going to be one to, like, watch, you know, the whole time. But there's something interesting that I will be looking for here, and that's uh, Drew Doughty to get a goal. I think he's going to be one of the guys that can step up. We were expecting goals galore from L.A. He got a goal the other night in that game uh, against Nashville at plus 430. Uh, I'm going to take a shot with him. That's over at FanDuel, by the way. So plus 430, anytime goal here with Drew Doughty for the L.A. Kings. He's uh, always kind of – Given the Sharks fits in his career, I think he can get one uh, in the net tonight. All right. How about that? Drew Doughty, the old vet, who's still got a lot of game left in his tank right now for the LA Kings. Plus 430, upwards of that price for uh, Drew Doughty uh, to score a goal tonight. Alex B. Smith with his bargain bin special tonight. Brett, did you find anything bargain bin worthy tonight? Sure did. I uh, actually had two things. I, I found a, like uh, Anton Ludell, for the Florida Panthers plus 420. But the one I'm going to bet on is uh, Sam Bennett over one and a half points at plus 400. With Florida on the road, I think we're going to see a lot of goals from them. Uh, I heard somewhere it's Florida's dad's trip too. And uh, with Big Walt just getting into the St. Louis Blues Hall of Fame, I think uh, Matthew Kachuk is going to have a hell of a game. So we'll take his line mate, Sam Bennett, to uh, benefit from that. All right, so that's Sam Bennett over one and a half points uh, in the, that game for the uh, Florida Panthers. Uh, Sam Bennett over uh, one and a half. Uh, Sam Reinhardt, I should say, uh, over a one. Is, did you say Bennett or Sam, Sam Bennett. Sam Bennett. There we go. That's what I thought. Sam Bennett uh, over one and a half points. Yeah, plus 320 uh, or higher uh, you can get with that. There's some books that even have plus 350, 375 on that. And he also likes Anton, which I en- endorse that one. Uh, Anton Lindell plus 420 uh, at FanDuel uh, for his uh, bargain bin special of the night. My bargain bin special is also from that game 
uh, Florida versus Nashville. And it is the other of the two guys that I've uh, talked about uh, being on that uh, top line. Uh, the Listerine man, uh, as I like to call him, uh, he is on that top line too with Lundell and with uh, Sam Reinhart, and he's plus 400 uh, to score a goal tonight. Uh, E2 Cool Mint Listerine, uh, the, Lust- the Listerine man for the uh, Florida Panthers, who, by the way, did score a goal up on that top line uh, the other night against the uh, Minnesota Wilds. So uh, we like that uh, as far as uh, a player prop value. Top line player. Plus 400 price, and he scored uh, in Florida's previous game against Minnesota. So there we go. E2 Cool Mint Lusterine uh, for the Florida Panthers, plus 400 uh, for my bargain bin special of the night. All right, best bet Monday slate. Alex, what do you like for best bet? Well, going to that game, uh, Nashville and Florida, we got to go with that first period over one and a half, minus 125 available at Caesars and a couple of other shops. Six in a row in the head to head meetings. Uh, we've seen goals galore. We've seen nine and three the last 12 meetings. And like I said, I know Nashville has been trending to the under in the first period, but when you've got this team possibly being a bit sluggish coming home off the road trip, combine that with Anthony Stolarz, who's been a bit schizophrenic in net for the Cats, we're going to go with that first period over Florida, Nashville, minus $1.25. That's my best bet. All right. Florida, Nashville, over one and a half first period for best bet for Alex B. Smith. Brett Skalski, great job. Uh, he'll be on every Monday with us. Brett, what do you like for best bet? My best bet's going to be Vegas money line uh, with New Jersey struggling to score without Jack Hughes. Uh, Logan Thompson is rocking an over 940 save percentage in his last five games. Uh, I think Vegas finds a way to get this done. Vegas money line. All right, there it is, Vegas. Uh, money line plus 100, right around even money. Vegas Golden Knights, uh, best bet for uh, Brett Skalski in uh, this one. Uh, my best bet for this uh, Monday card, um, I'm going to go with those underdog Winnipeg Jets, man, plus 115. I love this price. We're talking about an 18-2-2 two two squad uh, in their last 22 games. Um, Boston's at a nice homestand. Boston's capable. We saw Boston roll Colorado, pretty good team, but Colorado inconsistency on the road. The New Jersey win was without Hughes, and the, we've documented the record without Jack Hughes for New Jersey. It's not good. Hint, hint it's not good. Uh, and then, of course, the Montreal win. Where And I sometimes love fading a team after they have a game like that where they blow out an opponent, they score nine goals. Very difficult to replicate that the very next game, especially when you're playing a very quality team like the Winnipeg Jets. So I'm going to go with the uh, Jets. Woo, woo, woo. Jets, woo. woo. Plus 115, Winnipeg Jets, uh, plus 115 uh, against the uh, Boston Bruins for my Monday best bet. That'll wrap up this edition uh, of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. Uh, We appreciate it very much. Uh, and a great week ahead, uh, and a gr- and we've got about a handful of shows left before the All-Star break. And a reminder, we're not on next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The first four days of February, we are off uh, during the NHL All-Star break. So just a reminder about that. And also a reminder that the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith and Brett Skalski, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We will talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys. 